in a world where you've lost your favorite YouTube host as Pat McAfee joins the evil empire known as the Walt Disney Corporation, who will be there for you? Who will be there to talk all the sports that you want? Well, it's your friends over here at Loudmouth Sports. If you want that source of sports content where you don't have to worry about Mickey Mouse saying, no, you can't say the F word or anything like that, why not tune in to us? Come on, McAfee fans. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause, indeed. Because it's at least according to the New York Post. Uh, I think it actually is official now. He announced uh, it. It's official. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say he announced it on his show. So Yeah, I was going to say the, the last I'd seen is that it was still a rumbling, but uh, I, I don't watch his show. Where's it, day, what's so. it going on? Is it going on ESPN News or something? I, I can't imagine where it's going. I mean, as bad as they're hemorrhaging people, they they probably put on a, on ESPN proper or ESPN2 at the least. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I would think ESPN News only because the show deals a lot with betting and talks about a lot of betting. Mm-hmm. ESPN News kind of is the betting capital right now mm-hmm. of ESPN. Uh, has been for years, but they, they're really advertising it as such now. Just a thought. Do they do they still do like daily wager on ESPN two, or where's that show actually now? Because I know they rerun it on ESPN News, but I don't think I don't it know. starts there. I, I I think it's. Oh, it might be. I don't know. Well, let's ask. Let's let me ask the question then, because I'm not a McAfee watcher most of the time. What time is this show live each day on YouTube? What between what hours? Noon Eastern. Yeah. I don't watch it every day, by the way, but so you have you have your you have your get up and then your first take, which could lead right into McAfee show on ESPN. And then you just go boom, boom, boom. And then we have McAfee do his show uh, until it's time for NBA Today or NFL Today or whatever corresponding show after McAfee that is actually more news as opposed to opinion driven. I mean, I'm thinking I, that's uh, that's what I, I say, it's either going to go it's going to go on two or it's going to go on news. I'm thinking it's going to look a lot like the Mike and Mike uh, in the morning or the Cowherd show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to look like one of those. Yeah, but Cowherd's well, on FS1. That, what was that dumbass in Miami? Um, oh, Dan Lebetard. Yeah, that guy. He's an idiot. Yeah, highly questionable. Is that what he's on now? I, uh, no, that's that was his show. That was. I think that's show, what I think that's what they're doing, but not with that branding or something. I don't know. Well, it, yeah, his show it was the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gouts or whatever, and it was yeah mm-hmm. kind of painful I, to watch. If I'm being real, I mean, I I think he his show was painful to watch at times, yes, but that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy like him when he wasn't on that show. I don't know what it was about like without his show, we wouldn't have Mina Kimes either. So, if I'm not mistaken, at least. I don't watch ESPN stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. So I, I have, I, I haven't been either. My my feelings are so hurt, man. The only thing I watch on ESPN really is, is live sporting I, events. I, well, I catch first take every once in a while because I think it's interesting. Sometimes yeah. I think it's funny more than interesting. Like I just mm. I like to laugh um, at things that aren't me. And, like stupid uh, takes. It depends. Depends on who's on there, um, and then I, I I really only watch college game day and and yeah. 
as you said, live sports. And, yeah. And our, and our, our catch sports center in the morning or at night once in a while. Yeah. That's, the that's SVP, SVP show is, is still where it's at in terms of, because I mean, that's really your, the closest to what sports center used to be. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's as close I, as I get. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've got the SVP sports center at night thing recording every time but mm-hmm. i don't always watch it but that's the most tolerable thing on espn probably outside of college game day yeah we gotta find a way to shorten these anyways <laughs> let's go ahead and get into it that's a good win there's a lot of people it's like woodstock except everybody's got their clothes on personal file 69 Offense is giving them the business. These people don't give you. Love you, honey. Well, anyways, it has been quite a week. Yeah, been a really busy start to the week. Honestly, I got a lot. We got a lot of stuff. I got a lot. Wrote down on my. Book of Knowledge, so why don't we just go right ahead. Book of Knowledge, Knowledge of Power. Oh, it's it's everything right now. That'll work. We got recruiting and transfer portal news, and I think we're going to start, we'll just go ahead and get to the biggest story of the entire week, and that is uh, five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola has announced his new home in college football. Uh, and I say new as if he's been in college. He's not. He's a high school athlete. Mm-hmm. But new because it's been such a storied recruitment. I mean, from the very beginning, from the minute we were talking about him at going to Ohio State to his decommitment to his the in, immediate thought process that man he's going to Nebraska. Well, no, he's not going to Nebraska either. He is going to the University of Georgia, uh, looking to be the next star quarterback to go through there. Now I gotta ask because. I know my thoughts. Is he going to be just another quarterback to go through the University of Georgia? Or will he continue what Setson Bennett may have started? I think it's more likely that he may start there for a little bit, you know, maybe be there for a year or two. And I think he's at the door again. I don't know if I think that he is going to be, you know, as happy in the system as he thinks he's going to be. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the move yet again. I mean, this is, like you said, has been an interesting, you know, commitment process to keep an eye on. And he's, he's been so indecisive at times and, and changed his mind. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see him transfer once more after he gets to Georgia before we, we see kind of where he ends up. And if he is able to put himself out there as, you know, that next, you know, great, QB prospect to go into the NFL draft process. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Georgia or not. I appreciate that answer. Although I don't know if I worded the question properly. Is he the next great Georgia quarterback or is he going to be just another one to walk through those doors? I guess that would be the second option then because I think he'll be, he'll walk through the door and then he might walk the other way right down the door again. That's fair. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is fair. I appreciate you going in depth, but it, just just playing stuff. I, I don't want to. We get a little carried away sometimes with, with speculation. I told included. Yeah. 
And I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to love it or not. But I'm. I don't need my thought process is this: you go back all the way to Matthew Stafford. How many quarterbacks have been legitimate players that move on to the next level and are successful? And not only that, but have cemented a legacy at the University of Georgia. And I can only think of maybe one. Aaron Murray. And that is exactly who I was going to say is Aaron Murray. I mean, beyond that, I don't know that. Somebody said, we, I, I was listening to somebody else talk about this, and, and this is not necessarily where I got my take from, but I was just I was just thinking, and I'm thinking of guys we, we've seen, and who was it? Who went, who went from Georgia in. to Washington? That was Jacob Eason. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Jacob Eason was okay, but he wasn't great. I, I was going to say, I go, back, and I, that's it. I go back to uh, Jamie Newman, who transferred in didn't really do anything. I go to Jake Fromm, who was extremely underwhelming, really his whole career. Like the team was really good around him. Probably should have been a national championship winning team in 2017 mm-hmm. after the Oklahoma game. And it, I mean, that was his best year was 2017. And then we didn't really see the same Jake Fromm from there on. Mm-hmm. We continue to see these guys. And, and now with Setson Bennett too, let's, let's not forget I'm not going to count JT Daniels because he didn't really get a legitimate chance to, to start there. I mean, he got hurt immediately, and, and yeah. it was really taken over from there. I think that – I mean, if we really want to talk about it, Seth and Bennett might be their best story in terms of developed from start to finish. And mm-hmm. this is after a period of time away from the university, coming back, and then taking three years, at least the last three years, and becoming not a household name, but a, but a player that everybody talks about, and and at least serviceable enough to get that team that is filled with talent to a national championship. Beyond that, you have to go back to probably Aaron Murray before you find a legitimate household name mm-hmm. in Georgia football community, and you have to go back to Matthew Stafford, which is only like you're only going back one quarterback, I think, to get to Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And before that, who else has Georgia had? Georgia has not produced prime quality NFL quarterbacks at all. I mean, Matthew Stafford's their best product so far in at least this millennium, and I would say going back even further. I don't know too many that have come from from the university. So, funny enough, in between Matthew Stafford and Aaron Murray, we forget 2009, neither Murray nor Stafford Mm -hmm. was the Georgia quarterback. Joe Cox... And that's obviously not a name that that you would know. I had to go and look it up, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So here, here's here's the yeah. the primary starting quarterback since Stafford. You had you know uh, he saw that and jumped at the opportunity to even say that name. No, <laughs> he went back, looked it up, saw it, and goes, "You know what? This is a prime chance for me to say it." And it to be sense. fair, the he re- would have said that for any of the quarterbacks. The re- so. the reason I went is because I wanted to tell you these these names. So you had Joe Cox in '09. Aaron Murray is obviously your career passing yeah. yards leader in yeah. SEC history. Get your mind out of the gutter, Tyler. You had Hudson yep. Mason. Yep. Hudson Mason, 2014. Yep. Grayson Lambert. I forgot about him. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And and I think Faton Bata, he started the Florida game in 2015. He threw, th- threw four picks against Florida in the 24-3 loss. As we already mentioned, Jacob Mason, Jake Fromm. The first game of the 2020 COVID season was started by Dewan Mathis. 
and then and then you've had nice. Daniels and Stetson Bennett. Uh, Jamie just, Newman never started. No, Dewan yeah. Mathis started the first game. He was eventually benched and transferred to well, Temple. Jamie. Well, Jamie Newman was like 2017, so I guess Fromm just took over immediately. Oh wait, yeah. 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 Didn't Newman get hurt preseason? I think he did. Yeah, now that yeah. you mention it. Yeah, I forgot about that. So that that's that's Maybe. been the uh, that's been their their quarterback just, situation. And I'm just thinking, like, I mean, we haven't seen a Kirby Smart lit team take anybody's take any of these quarterbacks that they've had so far, which they've only had three, I guess, legitimate quarterbacks that have started games there. None of them have been extremely good. I mean, and none of them yeah. have gotten to the pro caliber that I think you would expect from a team that's gone to back-to-back national championships and has been to three playoffs in this entire yeah, three playoff appearances in this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I look, I, I'm a guy that I've said this multiple times, but I'm going to say it once again. I don't hope for failure for anybody. No. Mm-hmm. But you just look at the track record. What makes you think that this kid's going to be different? And it's funny because he could have went to Nebraska, and and this is looked at as a program changing move if he mm-hmm. goes to Nebraska. He goes to Georgia. Well, it's just a, another five star walking through the door. I mean, what what more do you expect? Yeah. I just I, I I want it to work out for him. I don't know if he's going to do what you said, BJ, or not. I'm not here to again. I'm not trying to. No. Put that story out there. I think we've done enough of that between no, I, a few things. Th- this is just this is just my thoughts. I I hope I'm wrong. It's just something that to me that's kind of how the feel that I get at least. I mean, you, you just got to feel like money talked in the situation. One team came and offered a little more than the other, and it's like, oh well. If you're guaranteeing it, <laughs> let's go ahead and sign the deal or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. What else? I mean. I wondered if Cam had any thoughts, or, or is it, or are you just gonna re- kind of repeat what we're saying here? Yeah, I more or less am gonna okay. repeat what you guys say. Like okay. Georgia doesn't necessarily have that pipeline, so it's reckless speculation. You know what's funny? Thought Georgia with this commitment has two of the top fifteen. I I, I want to say top ten, but I'm gonna comfortably say top fifteen quarterbacks in the uh, next in next year's class. Mm-hmm. Between Rayola and um, oh man, I think it's like Pacogi or something. A, a quarterback out of out of Connecticut, uh, Avon, Connecticut. Um, Look, sounds there right. are four Campbell. quarterbacks. Ryan Pol- Ryan Pol- Pelosi, Pugs- Pugsley, Pelosi. It's P U G L I S I. Pugliese, sorry. Pugliese, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, something like that. Anyways, but what I'm great trying to English around here. I would, I would expect decommitment and commit somewhere else. This kid's extremely good. I went, I watched some of his tape, solid stuff. What I'm gonna say is, those two quarterbacks, neither of them are from Georgia. There are four top ten quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. None of them are going to Georgia. I think one of them is Aaron Nolan. He's obviously going to Ohio State. There's a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, committed to a handful of different schools. I'm not here to I'm not gonna remember that all off the top of my head. Just a thought, I think it's interesting that Georgia kind of wins outside of their state in some scenarios, especially lately with the quarterback position. Yeah. But uh anyways I, I want to move on real quick. Uh Jawan Johnson, a uh, former commit of Colorado, decommitted after their spring game, has committed 
to what we all know as DBU, and that's LSU. Um, looking to become the next in a long line of really solid cornerbacks coming out of uh, out of Baton Rouge. Yeah, I just got this in as well from Twitter. The uh, former Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman. Hang on, hang on. Did I have I talked about transfers? We're yet? not going to portal yet. So oh. have I talked about transfers yet? Slow your roll. I got a list, but you wait. <laughs> I this is I this saw is, that five hours ago, and I've been waiting to talk about this. I I, I saw it three forty three central, so I don't know. I mean, unless there that well, was that just was, a rumor. That was four o'clock, or that was two o'clock. No, that was four o'clock Eastern. Yeah, it was four forty three. So it then, hadn't been. No, I I have seen this early this morning. It came across my yeah. Phone I was gonna say I looked it up early. I. I have a tab up right now on the athletic and okay, it maybe has it maybe athletic had it first, like forty minutes ago or something like that. Yeah, that's they what got, I was they got it an that's hour I, ago. It, it, it that's why I thought across, I popped across my Twitter feed earlier today. Um, I was gonna say I thought it came. I, I saw it mm-hmm. on Twitter, but it was like you know within an hour or so, hour fifteen. And I was like, I didn't know if if you'd have seen it and had time to write it down for the show. So yeah, I got it. Apologize, I got it. apologize. Nope. Nobody. See, this is why we need to do a pre-show meeting, I guess. That's what I went for. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go ahead and get into transfers since you Sorry, have... unless there's any other recruits. No, that was it. That was the only other recruiting news. Transfer news, so we got AJ Henning to Northwestern. Huge pickup for the Wildcats, I yeah. That that cannot be understated. They needed. I think this. we talked about that on on Sunday, but you might have. I'm bringing it up again today. It was no big yeah. deal. Um, I wasn't here Sunday, anyways. So. That's right. Uh, Tyler Harrell from Alabama to Miami, Florida. Big pickup for Miami. Good mm-hmm. good target for Van Dyke. Should he have a better year than last year? And I think anybody in South Florida hopes so, or else uh, they're going out on the water a lot. Um, <laughs> Alton McCaskill officially to Colorado. I'm not surprised. No surprise. Big mm-hmm. time talking point when it came to came to his kind of re recruitment uh, in the portal, and and Colorado was seemed to always be up towards the top. And then, as you've said, Keon Coleman, Florida State. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the specific moves. I'm going to ask you both, which one of these guys makes the most difference in their respective landing spot this season? I think it's got to be Tyler Harrell over to Miami. I mean, you're talking about a a receiver that's had some opportunities back in the ACC now, and and giving you know Tyler Van Dyke, as you said, uh, an option out over there, and you know hoping to to bring some life to that Hurricane offense last year that was just so stagnant at times. I think that's got to be the one that you know. I mean, I think that the others are bigger names, but I think this is what's going to be potentially at least the biggest impact for the team that he's transferring into. Yeah, I think I saw something. He's got 22 catches and just under 200 yards receiving yeah. on his career. I mean, he's, he's not, not a whole lot. Yeah, Huge plays, but he's not had a lot of time. I think the majority of that actually came at Louisville when mm-hmm. he was in his freshman year. Yeah, He transferred to Alabama expecting a much better production rate because the offense is a bit better and got buried in depth. Going mm-hmm. down to Miami is a great spot. Um, I'm going to go ahead of you here, Cam, and I'm, I'm going to say A.J. Henning. I think, uh, and I'm going to explain a little bit on all these. AJ Henning to Northwestern is big because Northwestern did not have a single 
receiver that could sit sit there and make plays constantly at all last year. It was Evan Hall, Evan Hall, Evan Hall, pretty much every single game. They went 1-11. You get a receiver with a dynamic playmaking ability, the way A.J. Hennings shown to have at Michigan, I think it's a very big uh, big step forward for Northwestern's offense and hopefully propels them to at least more than one win. Um, Tyler Harold of Miami is, is big, but I think – I think the problem is more in Van Dyke than people realize. I've been saying this for a, over a year now. His mechanics are yeah, lousy at best, in my opinion. I think it, he has a very awkward delivery, a very awkward stance to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think that problem's a little different. Holden McCaskill is interesting, though. I think he can make a big difference. Him and Dylan Edwards, I said this when he first hit the portal, and that was the name or the school that everybody talked about. Yeah, Him and Dylan Edwards is that one-two punch in Colorado. Could be devastating. I mean, seriously, you use McCaskill in a first and second down situation. Edwards gets out there third down as a receiving back. Not a not a situation I really want to deal with having to have a linebacker cover a running back like him. Yeah. And then Keon Coleman, I, I think he makes a difference, but he doesn't make a huge difference because remember all the still, returning talent that Florida they, State has. They still have Micah Pittman, who is Unbelievable. I mean, Micah Pittman is one of my favorite receivers in the country going into this season. Could be a guy that I think is on Blitnikoff watch early. Coleman's going to add a second target to a team that's already in playoff contention, I think. And um, it's definitely a big pickup, but it's just not quite on the level, I think, of the other three, just simply because of what he's going into. Didn't yeah. d- didn't Micah Pittman go to Utah though? Did he? I thought yeah, he did. He had transferred. So I, I mean, that, I uh, forgot to this. I know he started over in Oregon, and then transferred to Florida State, and then I thought he got hurt and transferred again. Yeah, he's a Utah guy now. Ten days ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we, we saw it and talked about it. Never saw him in the portal, to be honest. I saw him in the portal. I thought that we talked about him entering the portal. We Maybe never we mentioned did. where he went to, though. Well, because so until, I guess that just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I was going to say that was must have been while we were all kind of having hectic schedules, and, and uh, that just got lost in... Well, as I sit here and look for it, I'm going to go ahead and hit. Let me go ahead and just go. Okay. Well, unfortunate, I suppose. Okay. Well, I guess that means. Coleman might have a better. uh, That means a little more then. Yeah, it might. Oh, well. Can't believe I didn't know that or remember that. Cam, I'll let you go ahead and take your pick now. Sorry, in all that, I completely forgot. So Alton McCaskill, Harold, AJ Henning, Keonkle. AJ yeah. AJ Henning, Keonkle. Who's going to make the biggest Um, impact for their team, their new team? Do you need their schools that they went to? Yes, please. Henning to Northwestern, Harold to Miami, McCaskill to Colorado, Coleman to Florida State. 
Yeah, I'd probably go, like BJ was saying, with Harold to Miami, just because we saw him. Like, it's still uncertain if Van Dyke is part of the issue there. Like, because we have seen him make plays before. I, I'm like you. I don't necessarily think he is going to be a great all-timer quarterback, but we haven't seen Miami produce a ton of those. So, I mean, it's... At the same time, though, they have produced solid quarterbacks, and part of the thing is they've always had a great receiving core, and that receiving core last year was not exactly lighting the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. Well, so I I do think that I'd like to know how it's going to when you have a quarterback throwing sixty three percent, ten touchdowns, five picks, and eighteen hundred yards. I mean, their best receiver was five hundred thirty eight yards. That's Will Mallory, by the way, one of the better tight ends in the country last year uh, or going into the season. A lot of people had a lot of expectations for him. I think Xavier Restrepo had a lot of a lot of things behind him as well. I mean, when five hundred thirty eight is your top number. For an offense like this, I think that they could go back and forth either way. But I, I 100% would. Uh, I just don't think they had a quarterback, honestly. As much as I would love to blame it just on Josh Gaddis, because, man, have I. But it, there's, I think there's more to it than that. I, I'm interested to see what happens this year. I, yeah. I hope that Harold has a good year, but. For all we know, it was just got Josh Gaddis. We'll find I don't out. think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I never saw uh, Shea Patterson throw that terribly on his career. <laughs> but we will move forward. And uh, pardon my ignorance because I have dropped the ball on this one. It's been um, a long week, I'll tell you what. Well, because I'm looking for something and I didn't have it ready. Had everything else pretty much ready to go, but I did not have this piece that I was looking for. Um, give me just a quick second. All right. I'm not sure what to put on the screen until you find what you um, are looking for. Well, I, I believe I had kind of said what we were going for. Uh, that was bless you. <laughs> that was your roommate. Not me, I can tell you that. Wasn't me. Alright. I mean ditto. Well, it was neither of the three of us. Um We're hearing ghosts now. Probably. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's see. If this works. Alright, so Action Network. Uh, actually, HQ has put out their New Year's Six predictions. And by that, I mean Brett McBurphy has put out his New Year's Six predictions. Uh, he calls them his never-too-early predictions, and they were going to just uh, talk about them. So this okay. first this first group is going to have some non-New Year's Six games on them. I would ignore them, uh, okay. but they are going to be there. So anyways, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and start with this one. The Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowls are up here now. Two non-playoff New Year's Six games. LSU, Penn State in the Peach Bowl. Oregon and Tulane in the Fiesta Bowl. Tulane is 
assumptively the G5 representative in yes. Fiestable. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really think Tulane's going to be capable of recreating the situation from last year, but it's not to say they couldn't because at the same time, I mean, who else is there in the G5 currently? I mean, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, they're all gone. I mean, they can't. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't really know. Um, who Boise else? Boise State maybe, but probably not. San Diego uh, State potentially. Boise State's not. I exactly I'm gonna there. doubt. I'm gonna doubt either yeah. one of them. Honestly, yeah. I just I don't, I don't know who to replace it with. I'm not gonna sit here and act like there's a problem when I don't have a solution to the problem. Yeah. The only thing it I can think of is Notre Dame getting to a New Year Six takes out the G five. Well, they're not. Thinking. That's not a New Year Six though. You know what you said. That's for LifeQuest. That's not I, know, I know that's not. I'm saying if Notre Dame is to go ahead of that and get to a New Year's Six Bowl, that would take out the G5 uh, participant, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. At least oh, I thought Notre Dame and, and the G5 has been. Because uh, Notre Dame was in the playoff and there was still um, a G5 rep in 2020 in the Cincinnati. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't and really last year, Cincinnati much. was in the play- or 2021, I should say. Cincinnati was in the playoff, and uh, that's fine. No, it's not in the Fiesta. Well, that that one was kind of different. That was two top twelve teams that were kind of supposed to be there. That that was that's one thing, but nonetheless, I'm not, I don't really care that much about it. Uh, no, you're good. I don't think that. I just don't have a solution. I wish I had a solution. I wish I had a different answer, but I really don't. I don't, I don't know who the fuck I'd put in here, to be completely honest. Yeah. What's going to get a kick out of the rest of the New Year's Six? I was going to say, what's interesting so far, what you've seen at least so far, is that Texas and USC are in the Alamo Bowl, which is not New Year's Six. So he, Brett McMurphy's predicting that Texas, USC, all the hype on in the preseason is not going to pan out. Neither are going to be playoff teams. Nor will they be New Year's Six teams, mind you. No because one's saying they aren't potentially 10-win teams, though. That's true. Or they're just the first two out. And, I mean, it could be. but Let's go ahead and we'll, take a look. We'll find out. Texas Tech <laughs> in the Cotton Bowl against Alabama. Okay. Wow. Ohio State Clemson in the Orange Bowl. So, Kate Klubnick's going to back up his Heisman campaign with an ass-whooping of Ohio State. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, Florida State and Michigan, which is not a matchup I like to see. Um, that's a playoff mm-hmm. matchup. Georgia Washington. Georgia Washington, the Sugar Bowl, another playoff mm-hmm. matchup. Interesting. So Washington just... over USC and Oregon, and Texas Tech over Texas for New Year Six. Yes. That's pretty. I will say that's pretty bold. I like Texas. I like Texas Tech, but to the I, New Year Six, I want to. I'd have them as a dark horse type of yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What are you reading now? I'm just reading some comments. I'm not oh, okay. going through some of these. Anything that sounds good, fire away. We'll we'll react to them. Right. Nothing idiot. good. Just a bunch of idiots. Um, no, of Iowa will win ten to twelve games next season. <laughs> you're fucking press, ridiculous. Press you're F to doubt. California Hawkeye, you're an idiot. Um, 
Well, at least he admits he's a biased source. Mm-hmm. Love the respect Washington football is getting behind yeah. him. Um, so let me let me do one of my favorite things here. Okay. I want to see, just out of curiosity, sports. NCAA football, please. Mm-hmm. I'll take one NCAA football, please. McMurphy's 2023 bowl predictions, the entirety of the bowl predictions. And just because it's going to be there, let's go ahead and do something a little new. Why don't we? <laughs> let's see if this works. Let's see what this looks like. All right. How about that? Bowl predictions are here. You can read those. Maybe I can zoom in a little bit. Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, there we go. All right. Very nice. Let's go ahead. Playoff games. We've seen those. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. And these are actually what the lines would be if they were to play. Mm-hmm. According to Action Network. Interesting. So we've already seen these. Now we're going to get to the all other bowl section. All right. Tennessee and Wisconsin, the Citrus Bowl would be fun. A&M, mm-hmm. Notre Dame would be fun. Arkansas, Illinois. Okay. All right. Old school Arizona Bowl, Auburn, Louisville, and the Gator Bowl. That's bold to say that they both get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Year one in new places. Um, yeah. Duke in a bowl game. Well, Duke should be in a bowl game. They should be in a bowl game, but I'm they just might... glad to see them getting some respect. Hey, Tony. Might, Tony might need to Arizona might have to go home. I was gonna say might need to be Watch a better Arizona get their ass kicked. Ole Miss might and Pittsburgh. Wow, twenty points. Ole Miss 20. is getting twenty points. Is wow. that a real line? My goodness. I don't know. Uh Texas USC and the Alamo Bowl, we talked about that. North Carolina K State and the Cheez It Bowl would be fun. Okay. Um Texas Bowl and Pinstripe Bowl. Okay. Oklahoma. Miami and Oregon State. The Liberty Bowl of BJ. Hmm. All right, Kentucky and TCU. What? So, why would Kentucky be a seven-point favorite? Let me ask. What? What is Kentucky bringing back from last year's team? I know that there's a lot from TCU's team that's gone too, but I think it's a new quarterback. You think Kentucky the new quarterback? Devin Leary. Oh, I know Devin Leary's over there. Let's. I'm just saying. I think that would be it. But I'm just talking about the matchup in general. Yeah. Navy expected to actually make a bowl game. That's insane. Uh, Maryland Baylor and the guaranteed rate bowls, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. App State and Rice, <laughs> the Chameleon Bowl. <laughs> How am I supposed to pick that one? You might be sleeping oh, on the man. couch in December. <laughs> uh, Missouri and UCF is interesting. Oklahoma State, Michigan State. I, I saw that, and that better not be what I fucking think I saw. Uh, Minnesota, Central Michigan. South Carolina, Kansas, and the Gasper level. What the hell is this? Come on. That's disrespectful. Well, BYU doesn't matter. They're still in the Independence Bowl. Apparently, yeah. Apparently that locked maybe, in. Really maybe matter. that was before the news came out that it would be a Big 12, Pac-12 matchup. I didn't look. Uh, it, it'll hard. be. It'll be either you, either or. Something you do know is Zach Wilson will be there with all the Cougars on the field. Hey now, Air Force and the Idaho Potato Bowl. That doesn't seem right, but okay. Myrtle Beach Bowl, Florida Atlantic and Ohio is something. 
This just seems downright wrong. Utah and Nebraska in the Vegas Bowl. Mm. That just seems it's intriguing right for sure. Well, it's, it's like the Oregon State Florida oh. matchup last year. I don't know. I don't know why Utah would be that low. I don't know either. That just feels wrong. It does. Yes, they have a lot of turnovers turnover from last year's team. However, it's Utah. Mm. <laughs> there's not that much. I mean, they're still bringing back Keith either. They're still bringing back Rising. Mm. And, again, we just talked about Micah Pittman, which I didn't know was there. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's big. That's, I mean, that's a better receiver than they had on the roster all year last year. Mm-hmm. Outside yeah. of their tight ends. I mean, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest and Memphis. Okay. And then we will. Uh, and then lastly, Old Dominion, Toledo, Ball State. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. Shout out to my Aggies for not making a bowl game. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, that worked out pretty well. I think that was all right. Well, we'll, we'll be working on it. We'll fix it. I was about to say, we're, we're going to have some things ready for next actual season, so we'll, we'll get it together. Yeah, yeah we but got plenty of time until then. Not terrible. Not terrible. I, I, I can get behind some of those. I mean, I know you disagree with being a seven-point underdog, but assuming the lines aren't there, the matchup in the Liberty Bowl, I think, is – not hateful. I mean, no, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of intrigue and and questions with this team. I think even more so than than last year because you had what? no expectations last yeah. year, and then you go off and and win last know, thirteen year to fifteen. Exactly. I mean, you got to temper them a little bit. I mean, yeah. And and I'm I'm what something. I said what I said last year. I'd be happy with with seven or eight is is probably what it will probably be this year. I, th- I think so. I mean, I think yeah. that it's very possible that you guys could be right on that brink of, of eight or nine and, and maybe mm-hmm. just one or two games. I don't have your schedule put down. I got a list of all the schedules, but uh, that's yeah. not one that I got down I, yet. I, can, I know we start off with Colorado, well, uh, SMU again. And, and that game could be tough for you. I mean, if we're being real, I think I think that might be your toughest non-conference game is SMU. I, I, I've said it. Preston Stone is one of my favorite G5 yeah. quarterbacks. SMU, yeah. honestly, when I'm talking about teams that I think could make a, a run too lane for that G5 spot in the New Year's Six, absolutely Maybe. SMU yeah. on that list. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm not going to. That stretch at the end of the year for TCU. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's Texas, Baylor, uh, or it's like Texas Tech, well, Texas, Baylor, and then Oklahoma. Like the last, the last five games are Kansas at Kansas State at Texas Tech at on home Thursday against night. Texas at home against Baylor and then on the road at OU. Yeah, that could potentially be a very brutal five game stretch. I don't. I don't think we're going to go in starting seven and zero, but I, I think our schedule is pretty. You know, it allows for us to get to five or six wins pretty easily, and then you know, five if we can still, if you're if yeah. you're below five and two, there's a that's something problem. to be concerning, yeah, yeah, especially with that stretch. Absolutely. Anyway, since this is not a TCU schedule prediction, I apologize for being. That's okay. Sorry, I just wanted one. to look that up. Well, no, I think I'm. I, I think I curiosity, and I just saw that brutal five. I, I think I accidentally made it into one. Anyways, yeah. we'll go ahead and push forward with that. And we'll talk about the Big Ten, and, and the Big Ten's proposing a schedule change, but it's it's not what we're talking about. We're, we're not talking about the games that were announced, even though I got some qualms. Well, actually, you know what? Thank I do you. want to talk about those. Thank you, NBC, 
forgiving the whiteout to Iowa. Man, you took a load off our back. I'll tell you what. Thank you. That's awesome. Anyways, um, the Big Ten's proposing getting rid of their Power 5 um, requirement. Their one Power 5 game per regular season non-conference requirement, um, which is funny. I didn't know that existed. Um, and especially after seeing our schedule the last two years, you really wouldn't know it existed. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, short notice kind of changes it up. But after last season, and you realize that if you're if you're looking at it honestly, I mean, it doesn't hurt you to have a four out of conference schedule. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of teams that, that load up on easier games. Uh, I mm-hmm. could probably go in here right now on mm-hmm. my Google Drive. Look at my prediction sheet, and let's just go ahead and click on the SEC, for example. Yeah. You take away a. Uh, let's look at no. Let's let's go ahead and look at uh, Georgia, for example. UT mm-hmm. Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia and Tech. Uh, is that this year? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about last year. Yeah. No, I'm talking about this coming season. Let's take a look yeah. at Kentucky, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Louisville. Louisville it looks a little better, but uh, just being honest mm-hmm. here. Um. I'm not going to throw Missouri under the bus here. I'm not going to throw a mess under. Not South Carolina. Tennessee, Virginia, Austin P, UConn, and UTSA. Okay. Um, what about Texas A&M? I think they got the Miami game. I they got, they got on the road at Miami, so I'm not going to throw them under the bus. But, I mean, there's some that are tougher than others. Some are worse. Um, yeah. But it's like the multiple – FCS level games. I mean, I mean, assignment that none of any of these like Auburn doesn't play two FCS teams, but they might as well play three because they got UMass, Samford, and New Mexico State. Yeah, I mean, they do go on the road to Cal. I know that's a tough environment. Yeah, um, he said mockingly. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's intimidating. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Um, See the Pac-12, for example. Uh, I find a team that actually means something to somebody. Uh, also, three Oregon State. Conference. Oregon State, San Jose State, UC Davis, and San Diego State. It's not that, not that tough to be honest. No. Uh, USC has Notre Dame every year, so I'm not going to throw them on there. But they got San Jose State, Nevada. Yeah. Uh, Utah is probably the toughest. I mean, they got Florida, Baylor, but they also mm-hmm. get Weaver State. Who's so Oregon got? Are you Portland be State first? at Texas Tech and Hawaii. Washington is tough. They got Boise and Michigan State on the schedule. Yeah. So. There's a couple tougher ones. It's not. And not they only have three. They only have three curious. non-conference games. So the the Big Ten is interesting. Um, so obviously Michigan's got ECU, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Um, Minnesota's actually got to go on the road to North Carolina, which is going to be a fun, interesting game to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I guess some of these aren't. Just not as bad as you feel like uh, it is. Yeah. Like, but 
It is definitely something. I mean, we some of these are about. saved by their one power five game, but like some of these one power five games is Colorado, for example, or yeah. um, Kansas. I mean, Kansas isn't that bad, but just out there. Uh, Louisville again, a new year, like a, a brand new regime over there. Don't really know what's going to be. West Virginia Who, don't really know what's, what they're what's be. Vanderbilt's non-conference schedule because uh, they they do go to Wake. That's like their toughest game. Mm-hmm. So, there's a few. I haven't got through all these. I got a I got a schedule mm-hmm. here that I I've, I've been creating to start doing my predictions on, and I've just kind of been slowly picking away. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, look, I, I don't I don't know. I feel like you're gonna get punished in terms of your ranking and what you're looked at. But if you're playing in the Big Ten East, if you're Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, you have that game against each other to really not have to worry about what your non-conference schedule looks like. And the same goes for Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I mean, Wisconsin has to play Ohio State this year. Wisconsin's going to have to beat the East team to be able to make their way to um, the playoff anyways, if they even get that far. it It's just a tough conference, and I think it's only going to get tougher as we as the Big Ten continues to add. I mean, they're adding UCLA and USC, and that's going to be looked at as pretty – is significantly tougher than whatever a Kansas will add to your non-conference schedule. I, I just I think that there are a few things left to be kind of put together. I don't really want to see it. I, I want to see a forced Power Five matchup. I want to see you know Ohio State go play in Alabama in a neutral site. For mm-hmm. example, I, I would love that to be a, a kickoff game. Absolutely, yeah. I, I want to see Michigan play a top team in early in the season and show exactly where they're at from the beginning of the year and not have to yeah. watch them just take Hawaii out, out back and, and beat the shit out of them. I mean, there's no, there's no need for me to want to watch that. So there's good and bad. Again, there's really no punishment for doing it, especially with the way the big Ten's going to be next year, starting next year. But um, it does take away from the intrigue of non-conference games. That's for sure. Yeah, by the way, I wanted to make sure. Uh, I think you had said that uh, NBC had the whiteout game with Iowa and Penn State. That's CBS. CBS, my mistake. Yeah, because yeah. we were talking and you know, we were speculating about that's week four, and that could be a week that NBC uses their primetime game for a uh, for the Ohio State-Notre Dame matchup in South Bend. I would imagine that. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were both going to be on NBC, which is why I said it couldn't happen. Um, but it very well can happen. They could both be prime time. I don't think anybody's going to be mad. Um, they're kind of working together. The whiteout game is meant to be the night game. Nobody's going to be mm-hmm. mad about that. But this yeah. Ohio State Notre Dame game kind of deserves to also have its own that's slot. A, so. That's worthy yeah. of a prime time. Plus, game. Yeah. plus with with uh, SEC still having one year left on their CBS deal, it wasn't going to be in that that afternoon slot anyway. So that's just kind of. I hope this is what we'll see more of is, you know, maybe not necessarily like trying to compete with NBC every week, but CBS still getting, you know, a, a marquee kind of game that they can do as a doubleheader. They, they always did with the SEC. They always mm-hmm. got a doubleheader like midseason. They always would put like, how I can remember they would have like midday Alabama, game. LSU. The, the midday game would be like Tennessee against or, or Georgia against somebody. Whoever's leading the East is going to get the mm-hmm. midday game. And then Alabama LSU, when they, especially when they were one and two, they flexed that to a night game. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and play add that at eight o'clock. Yeah, and they, mm-hmm. they did the same last year, I think too. I think they did a couple times last year. Yeah, so last year was was Georgia, Auburn, and uh, Alabama A and M. it's not it's not going to not happen at all because we're going to see it. We're going to see it with uh, Fox is going to have the midday game, the noon, and probably a three thirty game every single mm-hmm. year or every single week. That's no no question to it. Yeah, what's going to come of the after mid afternoon and early night games? So to be determined, there's going to be some big time matchups that you're going to have to have probably flex to two different night games, and, and somebody's got to pick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is what it is. That's part of having three different networks to, to air on, and not having all the ESPNs and all the uh, all the help of everything else, especially mm-hmm. with no uh, NBC Sports Network anymore. So, yeah. and this is why it's going to be have to be that multi-stream that they introduced on YouTube TV for the NCAA tournament is going to need to come back for college football. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of games that we're going to watch all at the same time. Going to need to figure out some way of doing it. I've been doing it. Multiple monitors. I I was going to say, even then, I always did it because you could have the game, 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 game within yeah. the screen. Yeah. Sure. But imagine you could have a... A four four game screen, a four game screen, a four game screen, especially like that early slate, so you could be watching like tons of college football. Actually. I mean, if you could, it'd be nice, but yeah. yeah. At the same time, the screens would be like. Yeah. I was about to say, for me, I would do one game on a big screen, and then the other, yeah. the games I don't want to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have the biggest other. game on on yeah. TV. I'd have the most important then, to me. Like I'd have a Michigan game yeah. on on a big screen, and then. When South Carolina plays later in the day, I have them on no big screen. Yeah. That's how I would do it. But everybody I would say, say when we're in the Loudmouth Studios at some point, we'll have like four or five different TVs, and whatever one corresponds that we'll all want to watch, we'll have it figured out. So Perhaps. Well, I guess now it's time to get into the biggest news that has been announced about the new EA Sports College World game since – well, really, the announcement that it was coming. Of the game, uh, yeah. And that is the fact that EA has partnered with one team, uh, that is the brand, I guess, uh, for group licensing, which means that players will be able to opt into um, the game using name, image, and likeness. Uh, it's talked about a certain eligibility. I don't know what exactly that means, whether it means you just can't do it as a high school player, or I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, there is like a certain eligibility requirement to be in the game. They can't just pay, obviously, every single player. They can't pay the fifth string player on Ohio State to be in the game when they can. They got to deal with, you know, star players elsewhere. Um, and then they are still committing to summer twenty twenty four for the release of the game. I mean, I think that's huge. That's yeah, big time. Uh, really, I mean, this kind of. Gives everybody the opportunity to be be a part of it, and I'm I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do and what they come up with. Once the first trailers come out, we'll kind of have an idea of what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, pessimist pestim, pessimism and skepticism. Those are are two big words. I got them though. Uh, I've seen a lot of pessimism and skepticism after this news came out with. You know, just worried that this is just going to be another, you know, like reskin Madden or whatever because they got the current players coming in. 
with the you know with the NIL rights and and whatnot that are all going to be part of it. Um, and I, I'm hopeful that that's not the case because I feel like if it was just going to be another Madden, we would have gotten it right after they announced it, like the year after they announced it, because it's obvious they don't care about Madden. They're just putting it in, you know, putting in the bare minimum effort to keep milking the cash cow. And this is, this is a project that has taken you know, time. It's taken years. They, they at least have been saying the right things about, they love college football. They want to bring the atmosphere of college football to life with this new video game. And un until we see anything that would, you know, contradict that, we got to take them at their word. And I'm, I'm hoping. Let me let me play devil's advocate on you for a second here, buddy. That's fine. Let's go back to Madden 19 going to Madden 20. Okay. We know we fucked up. We got it. We're gonna fix it. We've got the right things going in place. We're gonna we're gonna have it fixed. Madden mm -hmm. 20 comes out, sucks. Shit. Say the exact same thing in the mid cycle between those 20 and 21. 21 comes out, sucks. And worse. Same thing between 21 and 22. Same stuff. Worse. 23. Remember all those great new features that were coming to the game? Remember how they broke the game more when Madden came out? Yeah. There's a reason to be pessimistic when it comes to EA oh, Sports. Oh, absolutely. Anything yeah. sports related. Mm -hmm. uh, remember the NBA Live Series completely fell apart because they didn't release NBA Elite 11. Mm-hmm. Remember the MVP baseball series? Yeah, they just didn't want to do it anymore. They were done putting in the efforts. Well, I thought the I thought MLB 2K got or 2K got the exclusive for uh, third party. Oh, it, was very, it must have been a very short exclusive because uh, 989 Sports, which then became San Diego Studios, were making a game the very next year in 2006. Well, and so this, this the show was the first MLB game to come out. So the, th this is the difference, though, Tyler. I, I'm not trying to diverge into a segue onto video game talk, but S San Diego Studios had the right to do a first-party platform game, which was MLB The Show, because it was just a Sony exclusive. That's how they were able to. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a third-party, which is what uh, 2K slash EA had for the uh, baseball slash football, which would be for every console. It was a first-party exclusive, meaning it was only available for so long on the PlayStation. And then, you know, in the past couple of years with no 2K and really like a whole lot of crap baseball game-wise outside of the show. That, Fair that's enough. That was, before, that was before my time. I didn't, yeah, didn't that's, know that I, was actually the legitimate just, situation. Yeah, just a quick history hit lesson. No problem. Um, I mean, go on, go on beyond that. Look at FIFA. FIFA's gone downhill every single year since they brought in the Ultimate Team. Which mm -hmm. is the exact same thing that's happened to Madden, which is the exact mm -hmm. same thing that happened to the 2K series. It's also the exact same thing that continues to happen to the NHL series, which is why I'm no longer playing to purchase the NHL series. Love mm -hmm. NHL. I love everything about it. And I probably will end up still purchasing it later this year, unless it's not on PC or I don't have the new system yet. Because, well, I, I like hockey. Like, I, I mm -hmm. want it to be good. And the simulation style works, the simulation system works. Yeah. It's. Everything else that's in the game, it's, it's not. I mean, there's always one or two exploits in every single game. And while that's normal, it shouldn't be easy to get to them. It shouldn't be mm -hmm. easy to use them and find yeah. them. It seems like everybody knows exactly what you need to do every single time. Yeah. Like NHL, years, years. I'm talking at least since 18, cross crease, pass. Mm -hmm. That's an easy goal every time. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what was what was Madden? Um, Madden uh, had four verts for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Madden twelve was big on that. Yeah, and I think that continued to be really good. And then the Hail Mary. There was like a trick with Hail Marys where if you there was one Hail Mary play where it was a post route mm-hmm. and the rest of them were streaks. If you changed all those streaks in the slants and pulled everybody to the left side of the field and let that post get open over top, touchdown every time. Um, wow. And that was on Madden 21 or 22. So mm-hmm. unless yeah. somebody was usering it and knew what you were doing, there was no way to beat it. Yeah. No, I, I, I haven't played Madden in years for that very, that very same reason. Uh, but well, if you don't so, recall, remember why I went back and bought all these old Maddens? It's because they were good. Yeah, they were actually good. They had. I've got, I've got like three. They were a lot better. I've got like three or four on for the PlayStation Two for that very same reason. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but so I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more than knowing of of what the possibility with EA could be with this new game. I just have to have optimism because I'm here for optimism, it's cautious yeah. optimism. Though. I'm not absolutely. Sit here yeah. until I, see I, I am extremely cautiously until optimistic. I have the game in my hands right. and I'm actually playing it because I'm not believing shit that comes from a trailer anymore. Yeah. Um. I just want to see what it does. I, I don't want these. I, I don't want superstars. I don't want anything. I want it to yeah. play like football. I want it to be a football legitimate game. simulation style football game. And if it has some arcade tendencies, that's fine because NCAA had arcade tendencies. I'm not going to act like it didn't. Yeah, I was going to say you could run the read option, and I mean that was almost an exploit at times with with the with the way that they had built the option into 14 at least. Uh, I mean, let's think about that for a minute, though. Let's think about that in real life. Mm-hmm. If you have the right person in place, the read option is is kind yeah. of deadly to other teams, anyways. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson, everything that they did. Mm-hmm. Louisville. I mean, look at Michael Vick. When the read option was first created, pretty much to put him in that position, at least in the style that it was, we didn't see it under center. It was more of it wasn't a triple option. It was like legit shotgun spread out read option. Yeah, yeah. spread and, option. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, in in real life, that works. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot more than people care to realize because you needed to. Now, after you run it for a while, though, guess what happens? They start to figure it out. Yeah. Computer gets it, and mm-hmm. and, and kind of gets back to you. I have a hard time losing in NCAA. Like I, I don't I don't lose very often. And when I do, it's normally because I get screwed. You guys have seen that multiple times. Yes. Or I just don't have a team that's good enough to beat whoever I'm playing. And, that, and that's stuff happens. That's normal. Yeah. Um. I want it to be like that. I want it. To, I want it to be challenging. I want to go back to like before NCAA 14. NCAA 12 was really hard to win. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember i mean you guys watched me play it but like mm-hmm. that game is hard to win on man like it, yeah. it, it was really tough it made you think of, about what you needed to do i, I just want something like that i, I want to be able to think i don't want to have to be going at 100 every single game i don't want to be using michigan and be playing hawaii and have a, a 45 42 game unless hawaii really built themselves up mm-hmm. i don't want that to be the case i want to be struggling again supposed to struggle in Struggling in, you know, a rivalry game against a team that may not be as good as me. You know, we, we mm-hmm. can go play Michigan State in East Lansing and, and have a really tough game and win 21-10. And that's fine. That's fun to me. I, I love doing that. But yeah. I don't need, like, what I what happened in the game I played the other day against Georgia Southern, where I'm putting up 80 points because I can, I, I can do whatever I want offensively. 
but I'm giving up 45 on the back end. Like, there's no excuse for me to be giving mm-hmm. up 45 points. And then to follow that up with a game against Illinois and give up just over 20. Yeah. Was it just over 20? Might have been in the 30s. Either way. Or yeah. play Iowa State and then give up less than 20, I believe, in that game. That stuff is I, I don't need. I, I don't I don't want it to be that. I just want it to be rightfully tough in the right situations and rightfully easy in the situations that make sense for it to be easy. It doesn't need to be easy all the time. It doesn't need to be hard all the time. It just needs to be enough that you get the proper challenge when it's time. Yeah, absolutely. Plain and simple. Yeah. No fucking going into this game. Oh, you're going to lose because EA said so. No, thanks. Yes, so I agree it. with that. Yeah. The EA. Not doing that shit anymore. So, no. anyways, not to get too much on a tangent here of. Uh, At least it ties back in. All video games. But that is our show. The show was structured different, a little different. I tried to structure it differently. I think it came together well. I, I really do. I don't know if it was great. I think there's still some work I need to do on my end. But I'm really trying to make it a lot more discussion-based, get you guys involved, because I noticed that I was not doing the proper job of doing that, which is exactly why BJ is now the host of Loudmouth Weekly, because I was not doing it there either. So um, wanted wanted to change some things up, and I think all of it's for the better. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to thank everybody for your support, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're almost through May. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting it's, there, finally wow. down the stretch. Less than four months away from week zero, and honestly, we're less than four months away from week one as well, which would be mm-hmm. the first weekend of September. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Memorial Day weekend's coming up. Make sure you uh, go out, have some, have some good food, drinks, enjoy your time with loved ones. Don't forget what the day's really about. Absolutely. Make sure that you. You get to spend that time together because that is ultimately also what it's for is another another excuse to have family time. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, we hope everybody has a great rest of the week. We'll see you on Sunday. I'm going to see if you'll return uh, potentially with our official new format of news and then specific discussion topic-based shows on, on another day. So we'll figure out what day is going to work best for that. But keep in mind that's coming. So if one show is filled with a lot more information, the other show is filled with like a recap of what 2001 looked like, you'll know why. So Mm -hmm. we thank you guys again, and we'll see you on Sunday.